Okay, push the little button. The button says go. Oh, shit. What is going on, everybody? It's Cannon Rum. Go to the movies. Hey, we're actually here. Yeah, we're not late. I know we're actually a day and a half late, Can. That was <laughs> that was pretty fun. I like that. That was yeah. awesome. Shit happens, people. We love you. Here's here's a song I made about Overwatch while you listen to that. While Can and I get set up and I roll something suspicious. Here you go. <laughs> Until we cc even seen it can i see me rolling loud that i got from ganji roll another crime going afk hit the conga line i don't consider a crime but i'm a bad guy give me lots of time no game central be the simple the stats are in every day defense for the phone for kids we don't make a bigger players in the motherfucking clan i'm a tv living tail to applause the fans that's your cap and your damage is trust you squishy c9 and that's how i describe you pathetic lacking attention perspective subjected the gamers attention unloading a digital weapon instead of another victim from anger so hand me a controller i'm next okay done ha ha Cannon Rum going to the movies. Why did I play that music? Because I'm shamelessly promoting the fact that I make music now. So fuck you. If you fuck <laughs> fuck you if you don't fuck with it. I love you if you fuck with it. And still, you should probably join the cult. That's totally not a cult, which is the cult of rum. And there there is there is a legacy wing known as known as, I guess, the Marauders of Can. Hmm. That could be interesting. It's, it's a <laughs> subsection. The Marauders of Can. What a terrifying, treacherous endeavor that i've bestowed upon us no man can rum go to the movies we are back last time we did kung fu panda 3 this time we're going into a non-franchise movie that i picked when i was stoned because i was panicked and i just made a rash decision i chose beverly hills ninja starring chris farley hmm interesting i think yeah i mean definitely a really really visual heavy film i'd say would you say that's fair easily Easily, because that was it's part of Chris Farley's charm. Yeah, I would suppose. So this, I would guess this came out in '97, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is around. Would you say Chris Farley's height, or I don't know, because you know he was. I would, well, yeah, probably. I'd say it's. I mean, right. if not his height, it would be maybe towards the decline, maybe. Yeah, because because during SNL when he was doing Matt Foley and the Chippendale sketches where he was dancing with his shirt off, (laughs) because he did the Billy Mad, he had the cameo appearances in like Wayne's World and Billy Madison. This was this was a this was a leading role for him. So this probably was during a peak period. Yeah, I would agree on that. I could be wrong. I am pretty baked. And I'm thinking about Chris Farley as a hibachi, a hibachi grill chef. That uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. God, fucking Haru. Can we can we talk about this movie? I think I like this movie better than you already. I can already tell. I would I would probably say so. I, it's not that I didn't like it. It was actually really visually funny. It's just I'm having a hard time to talk about it because of just it's very visual, right? 
So it's for me, I don't want to spoil the slapstick because it's really good. And you said something really profound off air and you said you could see a lot of like you see a lot of the comedians who do slapstick got their start here. So you mentioned Will Ferrell. I definitely am getting that from this for sure. Well, I mean, the analogy of Will Ferrell, like, let me let me even let me look. Let me look at his first movie. Because mm. I, I want to because I'm not sure if that analogy is accurate. Let me actually look at his movies and see when his first appearances were. Because actually, you know what I can do? I can bring it up on the TV screen so the viewers can see. I, I decided to make this thing a little more visual. Because why not? Okay, so we go down, scroll down the list, and uh, 1995, he was on a TV series, Grace Under Fire, Living Single. So 97, he was doing, okay, 1998, he got his first mm, Majors co-starring movie with okay. uh, A Night the Roxbury with Chris Kattan. All right. Okay, so before that, he was doing voiceovers, and, and he did a cameo for Austin Powers. So that's where Will Ferrell was. But you see, look at Chris Farley, and he was at his height. It's not out of the realm of possibility to see somebody taking inspiration from him, especially if you do physical comedy along with kind of this the, the, the dummy kind of humor. Not dummy. That's kind of a bad way to put it. but I understand what you're saying. Uh, kind of like the lovable idiot, would you yes, say? absolutely. Absolutely. Not Rocky lovable idiot people. But lovable idiot. Yeah. Because that's true. Because that's what Chris Farley had. Chris Farley, in a, in, in, a, in a beautiful and sad way, Chris Farley was the fat kid that would always make you laugh. I can agree on that statement. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Anyways, we're getting distracted. I'm getting distracted more often <laughs> than not. That's me. But there's a lot to talk about in this movie. And I promise you, talking about this movie will be far more fun than you realize. Because... Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Okay. Not only. No, no. Let, let me get through this shit. All right. Oh, my God. You got Chris Farley. <laughs> I'll let you take the reins. Ron. You got Chris Go. Farley as Haru. You got Nicolette Sheridan as Allison Page, a.k.a. Sally Jones. Okay. You have Robin Shu. Robin Shu. Okay. Go Bay. Why? Why? Liu Kang, why are you here? We'll, we'll answer this question <laughs> later. We will definitely answer it later. Uh, Nathaniel Parker as Martin Tanley. I haven't seen him in too much else. I know I've seen him in bit roles. Yeah, but uh, I I liked him. I liked the sensei, Sun Tek Oh. He did good. I thought he was a good sensei. Haru, you don't have ninja intuition. You do not even have normal intuition. He's awesome. What is this shit? This is too awesome. <clears throat> Chris, uh, for a lot of people, Chris Rock was in this. A lot of people didn't realize that. Yeah, that actually really surprised me. Yeah, I thought it was a. I thought this is a. Um, I thought it was a good cast that did well for what they had to do. Now, by no means am I saying the acting is spectacular here. I'm saying for what this movie is, it's pretty well done. Because let's 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 think about what Chris Farley movies are. Look at Tommy Boy. Look at Black Sheep. Look at yeah. all of his movies. It's it, it's it's a it's either a buddy comedy type of shit. Well, the David Spade definitely showed the buddy comedy type of shit. Agree. And uh, then you had Almost Heroes. Which was yeah. which which I really liked. I don't know what other people think. I really liked it because it was kind of funny to see Chris Farley play this guy who wasn't really out in the West for real, but he was lying to all these people to get paid. <laughs> That's such yeah. a dope, awesome Chris Farley thing character portrayal I could see working. And this comes back to in a roundabout the way this comes back to Beverly Hills Ninja. 
I don't think another actor at the time could have pulled this movie off. I think, and other, and this movie apparently, from what Metacritic says, everybody could see it. It got a 27. I don't give a fuck about Metacritic. All right. I really don't. I'm looking at it from the time I originally saw this to how it's aged for me as, as, as a viewer. Now, I don't, now, can this kind of leads me into a good question? How are you viewing this? Well, I've never seen this film. So this is oh. fresh eyes to this. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I'm rolling the blunt. That's fair. So I would. That's fair. Mm. To be expected, Rome. I know you by now. <laughs> oh, I know. Absolutely, absolutely. But seriously, really interesting. Honestly, I would say this is. Uh, it captures the time period very well because a lot of the jokes they get away with here, they would definitely not get away with nowadays. And it's really fun and interesting to watch in that kind of you know viewpoint. You know. Absolutely. And the first scene, if we want to get into the movie. He Go start, for it, Rum. He's, oh, okay. I got to get into it. All right. Yeah. All right. This is you chose the movie, man. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I did choose the movie. And yeah, uh, it is my fault, unfortunately. But um, no. <laughs> What's go- what, what happens is, in the beginning of the movie, you got the legend. You got a, a storm going. And uh, you have the sensei talking about the legend of the great white ninja. Long ago. The Tengu warrior, thousands of years ago, something to that line. He's saying we were called ninja, and then how how the he came to our shore, we will never know. But <laughs> they're talking about how God. Chris Farley was the, the they had some type of sacred scroll that foretold a foreigner a, of of white complexion, just like the great white ninja <laughs> coming to fruition. The Great White, the ninja. white ninja. This is real, folks. It's not us making it I up. Know. This is the great, the great White Ninja would come and become the greatest ninja master of them all. And then he goes, "A blonde-haired, fair-skinned child." Yes. <laughs> and it, and it's kind of cool how they show uh, the ninjas jumping down to the beach because, of yeah. course, they they were ninjas, so they're dressed in black in broad fucking daylight, and they have to do front flips off a cliff face. <laughs> That's like the said, most logical way to get there. <laughs> you have to see this just for the physical comedy because it's so bizarre. Like I was explaining this to a friend of mine. And he goes, you're lying. There's no way. And I'm like, I, I'm not that creative for the scenarios. I, I, I promise you this is fucking real. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So but we he hear opens, about our blonde. He, but he also, on. yes, we hear about our blonde white. Pale faced, blue eyed Chris Farley, ninja, white ninja hero, or 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 do we? Because the sensei says we were wrong, isn't it? And they're training as kids with a bow staff, and Chris Farley's in the back, and you see a young Gobei, uh, played by Robin Chu. Okay, once again, we yeah. will ask this question, referencing Kung Fu Panda slightly. Why, Robin Chu? Why are you here? And yeah. then furthermore, what? What happened? What happened? Who? What? What did you? How did you? Did you? Did you? Did you lose a bet? Did yeah? Some, I mean, did, did, God, <laughs> da- wow! I'm stunned to see Robin Shoe here. I'm happy to see him here because, for some reason, the fight scenes gain a whole level of authenticity with him in it. I can agree to that. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to another scene that disturbs me very seriously with the grill. <laughs> we'll get to that I have in a minute. Feeling. But you have Chris Farley, the young Chris Farley, the young uh, his name is Haru for this movie. 
the young Haru. And the sensei's training them. That's it. And they're do- throwing strikes. And everybody's doing it. All the other students doing it correctly. And what does Chris Farley do? He whacks the student in front of him, which is Gobe, his adopted brother, in the back of the head with a stick. And then <laughs> the next scene. We were very wrong. That's it. The same move. The same basic fucking move he's been doing for maybe 30 years, 20 years. Yes. And he's still fucking it up. And he hits Robin Shu in the back of the head, and he breaks the stick. No, not the first time. First, he just hits him. And then he just goes Correct. back to his position, like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. And then Sensei's like, oh, my God, okay. And then he breaks it. Just take a moment, though, just to talk. Not only the physical comedy humor, the face acting is really funny, too, on that. I thought it was Robin Shu does a fantastic job. So does Chris Farley. Uh oh, did I lose you, Ken? Hello. Oh, I hear you, buddy. You broke up for a little bit. What were you saying? I said I just wanted to say the face acting is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Robin Shu did a fantastic job with his face acting of reacting to getting hit, and and Chris Farley going, "Oh shit!" And like every time, it was like it it could, it'd be so easy to just do the same reaction, but they really do a good job of like varying it. And I really and that and that's one point I just want to say throughout the film, really pay attention to their faces. Really funny, like just reactions. Oh, absolutely. It's something you definitely got to pay attention to. I love when he breaks it over him the second time, and you see Robin Shu turn around, or Gobe in this movie. Gobe's pissed off, and he mm-hmm. goes, he goes, Haru, Haru, and then Chris Farley's running in a zigzag pattern, mind you, not just running straight. He's running in a zigzag, <laughs> trying to evade the raging Gobe train, <laughs> and he's going, ah, ah, Sansei, Sansei. And, you, and it starts this weird Rocky style montage to, yes. a, to an insane training montage of all the ninjas training to become ninjas. Tango Warriors. I'm gonna make a bold make a bold statement here, Rum. Better training montage than Rocky Five. I agree. A hundred percent. Way better. Way better. There's even better fighting than Rocky Five. Fuck Rocky Five. Fuck Rocky Five in this bullshit. <laughs> Check the card on screen now for the rest of the one rock. Oh, I know. Okay. I'll time it out. I'll I'll figure it out one way or another. (laughs) One of you listeners can do it. No. Um, Yeah, they're doing the training. So they're they're striking their hands on the hot grill. They're going, ah, ah. And Chris Farley's going, ah, ah. And he has two sides with shish kebabs, with kebabs on them. Which is hilarious. So that's actually a real training technique, and I love how they're just like they take something that really exists and are like this is stupid. Let's make it funny. Now that to me is really good humor. You know? I, I I agree. Now this is what I wanted to talk about specifically in this movie. The humor in this movie, it's it's Chris Farley. He uh, now I don't know if this was a collaborative effort or if this was just Chris Farley's mind, but in this movie the jokes were you know yeah they a lot of them some of them don't age well. But other ones, oh, like, God, this tra- yeah. like this training montage, it's great. It, it's absolutely yes. great because we go from you see these, you know, dedicated dedicated students pushing their hands on a grill to actually deaden the nerves in your hand and to create a callus so you don't feel it or it deadens yes. nerve endings. And you see Chris Farley with his belly with shiska. <laughs> yeah, and then he picks one up and he starts eating, and I'm just. I'm watching. I'm dying at this point. I just want everybody to know I've died laughing every time I've seen it. 
and they're do and they move on to the training scene where they're using the it's a chain rope styled weapon. Yeah. And they have to I... they have to wing it around their neck in a pattern, in a form. And you see Robin Shu do it, and he does it fine with great grace and agility. And then Chris Farley and Haru does it, and he hangs himself. God. He necks himself. And then you see yeah. Gobei going, Haru, Haru. <laughs> and, I, I swear they set his name up just for that joke, honestly, oh, but it worked. It, it, these jokes are great because they're, they're – it's, it's – it's, he's – he can do it, but he's not good. Yes. And it's just, he just, this looks like bad luck and a guy. You, what I see as far as Chris Farley's characters being established too in this montage, it's doing, a, it's doing its job as well as making you laugh. It's establishing what type of person Haru is. He's trying. He, he, he did have a good moment, not, not, not the flypaper. That was a terrible moment. Yeah, Where, not, at a, not at all. <laughs> Hey, hey, I don't know if uh, Robin Shu really did that scene, but if he if that was really what I think it is and real sticky paper, just normal paper that will stick to your feet if you don't apply the right pressure, that's that was some good footwork. I got to give him credit. It was beautiful. That's fair. But Chris Farley, Haru, he just – do you, do you see that tall and, – and, and anybody who exercises will understand this. When you do a, a, a big lunge – and you step yeah. awkward when you step out and do it's kind of like a you're setting up a front kick but you put your foot down controlled with your core and your body holding the weight or however you're doing it with maybe your hands on your hips or whatever and you, but you see Chris Farley and you guys can't see me do this but he's putting his foot all the way out with his toe pointed and he sticks it on the paper and he just yeah. proceeds to surprisingly fall <laughs> I was actually surprised at some points how nimble he could be, but then he could just be like, oh, I'm a doofus again. It's like very good acting just to make you like – to be able to switch that on and off isn't really easy, you know? What do they call it in in acting? Pratt Falls. Yes. Pratt Falling. Uh, I think that, that was that's – that's an art in itself. I would oh, think I would it is because – sentiment. Well, because look at, look at Buster Keaton. Agreed. He he was a master of the physical the physical comedy and the body language that conveyed so much emotion. Look at look at Bruce Lee. Different type of body language, but he didn't even have to say anything. He could point at a guy, and you would ex- and you he didn't have to talk. Exactly. Bruce Lee would I make honestly... more sound effects pointing than he would talking. So would you say that uh, fighting films have actually helped, kind of uh, like? And what I mean by this is, like, I feel Jackie Chan does this well, but I feel like it's kept slapstick alive in an evolving way. And I think this movie does a good job of branching that. And what I mean by that is, like, Jackie Chan will go really, like, physical with, you know, he can be really serious with his fighting, but he can also be really humorous. And I feel like slapstick kind of lives on in action movies nowadays. What are your thoughts? I agree. I think I think one of the most underrated types of films is an action comedy yeah because they're hard to make i i I mean i've watched a lot of them because i like them personally and i don't know if that's a good thing on me or a bad thing on me i'm not sure it's i don't i think they're fun i think they can be good i think they're good if it's done right it's it's just i like action comedies the same level i like a good buddy film a buddy 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 movie comedy Absolutely. So like you're saying we do Rush Street. Hour next. 
Uh, no, because I got to do it with a black guy. <laughs> that sounded terrible if someone cuts it in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> but we should do Rush Hour. That's definitely a franchise I'm down to do. Same. I'm definitely down to do it. We need to get... Uh, maybe I, I could bring I could bring one of my homies on. He definitely maybe my boy, he'd be done to it. Get a we get a okay we have a Chris Tucker a Jackie Chan and who are you? Hmm. Well, the you're, director was white. The, yeah, so I was about, about to say that? Brent Brent Singer. I think his name yep. is. Yeah, you're the director. You're the guy who's making it making it all happen. <laughs> but yeah, we oh okay we lost we lost our train of thought again. Shit. Oh, Another thing we? that. And, and and maybe it's because we just finished the Kung Fu Panda through retrospective, but honestly, I saw a lot of like Jack Black career performances in this. Okay, like, you're not the only one who thinks that. I agree. Let me tell you yeah. something. I think that if you had to do this movie today, you would plug in Jack Black, and no one would bat yes. an eye. Or Nacho Will Libre is what this like. Nacho Libre obviously took a lot of inspiration from this film, in my opinion. I, I could see that. I could see that. A little different setting, but a lot of similarities in 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 how they're trying to make the how they're trying to portray the protagonist. Yes. Yeah, I can I can see that. I, I agree. It's not bad. But you, we get past this um wait, we got past the neck hanging. Oh yeah. I wanna give Haru his moment in glory, okay? Gobei dress when they had the surprise of sensei. The sensei's walking through the garden. Okay? Now, what does Gobei do? He jumps out dressed up like a tree in a flesh-collar jumpsuit. Very intelligent. Very good camouflage. <laughs> Haru is hiding. He's assassin-creeding himself in a fucking bush with a cuckoo bird on his head. <laughs> a fake one. Th that he's controlling the wings. And when he tries to burst out, he goes, Rah! No, Not kidding? That's how, he's, that's how he yelled to, to, to do his surprise attack. You're Rah! still on there. Like I said, a lot of this movie for me was just going, what the hell? Yeah. Mind you, this movie's very visual, but once again, we have to go back to the good facial acting that one, the sensei. The sensei has some of the best facial acting that you have in this movie. Agreed. Oh my God. Like there were some times, for example, like just watching him anytime him and Chris Farley are on the screen is a treat. I think that the that the scenes between Chris Farley and the sensei are they are they are they are deeper than they should have been. They're deeper than they had any reason to be. The, Agreed. What, and it's the, like the actor What is I, with us? I don't know. I don't know. I know what you're going to say. What is with us in finding this deeply profound shit in these st seemingly stupid movies? I don't know. Yes. I don't know, man. I I'm happy we could find it, you know? At least we can at least we can discover this shit. That's the beauty of it. Oh, I agree with that. And then you have, and after after Haru's lovely moment in the sun of with the fake cuckoo bird on his head, where he's flapping the wings and giggling, because <laughs> that's how he was really giggling. I want you to realize that, folks. <laughs> that's what he's <he's> doing. <laughs> and then they had the uh, ceremony where they were getting the branding over the yes. big pot of boiling water. And Gobe does it, and he does it with intense focus. And Robin Shu, to his credit, I'm pretty sure that was just dry ice and a pot of water. But he, pr it looked like he actually lifted a gigantic fucking pot of water with his forearms and his core strength. Again, again, the acting, like you have to see it just for the visual spectacle. 
Oh yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. And then Gobe, he lifts it up the pot, and he and you hear the sizzling, and you see the and it, the camera pans in on Gobe's face, just stoic, not feeling the pain. You know, he's in he's in the zone. He's at you know he he's he's blocked it out. It, it's part of the training, right? And you see Chris Farley looking once again, great facial acting. Chris Farley's eyeballs are going, oh my god, oh my god, what, what? I gotta do that? No, no. Basically. And then he goes, Haru. Sensei goes, Haru. And then Chris Farley lets out probably the weakest key op I've ever heard in my life. What was it? He went, yeah. he went, eep, eep, meep. It sounds like a Muppet. <laughs> and what happens, kid? God. What happens? He just sighed. You... You know what happened, Trump. Oh my god. I I had to be honest, when I saw what happened, I I had to I had to pause the movie. And I don't really pause movies too often. I just had to rewind and make sure I just witnessed what I saw. Cause like I was just you explain it because again, this movie's hard for me to visually explain. And and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was sitting there trying to just absorb all the like crazy <laughs> shit to get happy. Haru, because goddamn. Okay, I'll fill it in for you, because I think you're just trying to laugh. <laughs> Haru, pretty much tries to lift up the cauldron of this boiling hot. We're talking boil, toil, and trouble witch style black cauldron of of um hot water that's ho- that yes, has the that has the symbol to brand on his forearms the symbol of their do- of their dojo of their of their clan he tries to lift it immediately tips it over and burns everybody's feet watching in attendance <laughs> remember this is a martial art dojo you can't walk around in shoes you got to be barefoot so he proceeds sure. to tip boiling hot probably giving everybody second degree burns on their feet agreed and what is and what does he do? What does he do when is this is going on? Oh, no, no. owie, 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 owie! He's screaming, owie! Gobei and the sensor just are just doing this. Oh my god, no! Just shaking their head, just no. Oh, just this is so disapproving. <laughs> god. <laughs> to quote the sensei in the beginning of this movie. We were very wrong. Yes. <laughs> you beat me to it. I oh feel like that, that, like, sometimes that, like, an opening quote is so true to the movie. This, like, God. It is beautiful on how accurate it truly is. But this opening montage, the reason I've honestly spent so much time on it, because it truly paints the, the portrait of Chris Far- of Haru, the character. Let's be real about this. The guy is a fucking buffoon, but he's he's trying. He really is trying. Now I gotta move. We gotta move on because we spent nearly a half hour on just the intro. Okay. Agreed. So, so the next we got a scene between Haru, uh, not Haru. I apologize. We have a scene between Gobei and the Sensei, where se- the Sensei says um, he's asking Gobei what he really thinks of Haru, his baby brother, and Gobei lies initially because he thinks that's what the Sensei wants to hear. Because I'm pretty sure yes. if it's that immediate, he's been saying it his whole life. Yeah, and I think that's a fair assessment of that. You know, because he's supposed to be the legend. He's the legendary great white ninja. <clears throat> he he has Jesus. the determination of a tiger. 
he 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 is he is the grace of a of a lotus flower. And then the sensei goes, Gobe. <laughs> he's fat, he's a fool, and he's the disgrace to ninjas everywhere. That, that was the exact quote. I'm just going, oh honestly, god. Honestly, I, I guess another comparison. This is kind of what I was expecting Kung Fu Panda to be. Really? Not not saying that this wasn't a like not saying that this wasn't great, but like it's very not serious, you know, and that's kind of what I was expecting Kung Fu Panda to be. Oh, like yeah. funny but not serious. Yeah, you can't and give them much credence. Here, I mean, again, just his name nowadays <laughs> wouldn't fly. You know that, and it's Haru? like they really no 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 not Haru. Uh, the white ninja. Oh, the great white ninja. Yeah, I I definitely see a lot of people getting pissed. But fuck, and those it's just people, like, man. But it just shows like how much, like I never realized how much you can get away with, or you know what I mean. Well, it shows a definite and, difference in how much time changes. Exactly, and it's like, I think especially in the context of this film, it's so clearly a joke. I feel oh, this... everything is tongue-in-cheek here. I think everybody doing this movie, the reason why it's it's coming off the way it is is because they know what it is and they're hamming it up. Oh, agree. They're probably it's... having the fucking time of their life doing this. Well, like, films like this are really interesting because comedy, I feel, is... I think it shows a lot of stereotypes. And do you believe the idea that stereotypes always have a little bit of truth in them? Yeah, to a degree. I think I think comedy is comedy to me is kind of like rap. It's um it's such a huge spectrum and that there's so much that's accepted within it and there's so much subgenre within it. That's a very good comparison actually. That that's really the best way I can compare it because it's re- thank you for saying that's accurate because it is <clears throat> in my estimation. But this is this is um this type of comedy, this comedy, I think is hard to do because one time, time period, 90s, you're able to get away with a lot of different shit. The Chris Rock jokes that he was making, the pimp jokes, the uh, the laughing mushroom jokes, a lot yeah. of these jokes you couldn't get away with. Uh, the short sword joke that kept reoccurring, that you could probably get away with. You could probably could. I, I, I said you could probably get away with it nowadays. I don't think it'd be too, too out of left field for this time period. Or Definitely even not the nowadays. Great White Ninja. No, God no. Chris Rock saying the Great. Have you never heard the legend of the Great Black Ninja at the end of the movie? Which was one of the funniest fucking lines I've heard in that movie. It was awesome. But you're right. There's there's a lot of difference with this type of comedy. But uh, we get to the cer- uh, if we want to move forward a little bit, we get to the ceremony where the me- the the medallion ceremony. Gobe gets the gold medallion, being the most uh, um, talented student, and they all become ninjas except Haru. <laughs> yes. But but it happens before that. Before they get the medals, you today will all be called ninja. You can communicate on the plane of enlightenment, and they meet me above and. One, he sounds like Master fucking Splinter here. I just picture Master Splinter in human form. <laughs> so that's what he's going to be called. Master Splinter in human form. Hey, Carve Zombie, how are you doing? What's up? Welcome to the podcast. We're reviewing Beverly Hills Ninja. Enjoy yourself. Smoke a joint. 
Do something seductive to yourself, if you so choose. To Can's voice when he giggles so electrifyingly. <laughs> Tag team I don't know, it's just this, this, this film made me laugh in like just, just because of how many times it caught me just purely off guard. Well, look at Chris Farley trying to operate. Look at Haru trying to operate in the plane of enlightenment. Yeah. Ah! Ah! For people wondering what I'm doing, what what how what's happening? Haru, everybody else is sitting in this plane of enlightenment. This lovely little photo clip, Photoshop clip art drawing that they cut out, uh, cut out and threw spaghetti at. And then Chris Farley is in the background going, ah! With no control whatsoever. So he can get there. He just can't control himself in it. And they all go back down and they all go back to their bodies. It's pretty much astral projection for people who if we don't want to put it in that simple terms. And when Chris yeah. Farley goes back to his body, what happens, Can? He gets hit like a goddamn tackle just smashed into him going full clip. And, like, I don't honest. Do you know if he did the stunt work himself? Because no some of this... I couldn't tell, and I'm like, that looks like it hurt. And again, it could just be a testament to the acting, but I was genuinely unsure. And that, I think, is the point of the movie, is, you know, to believe what you're seeing. But, like, they did it at some points. I was like, oh, they may be doing too good of a job here. I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Chris Farley isn't a stranger to doing his own stunt work and maybe in some limited capacity at the very least. Yeah. Because he's done, he's done uh, in, I, I guarantee he's done, he's had to have done improv at some point because look at Saturday night live. That's all improv. Exactly. And look at the kind of stuff he was doing. He's no stranger to physical comedy. So <laughs> to his own stunts to some degree, not out the question, man. It's not in my mind. <clears throat> But um, it is a little sad. I feel for Chris Farley, especially after that whole montage of how hard you really see Haru putting an effort to become a good ninja, to become a great ninja, and live up to this legacy that he truly believes is his legend. Yeah. And it's a little sad because you see the, what do you see? You see the sensei go, sorry, Haru. You know, and then they go off to the dojo. They go back to the dojo and... You see the ninjas going off on a training exercise for ninjas only. And the sensei once again says something fucking hilarious. Uh, Haru, this exercise for the ninjas only. You must stay here and guard the dojo. Yes, sensei. I will guard the dojo. I will, I will, I will stay here. I'll defend the dojo. I will water the plants. <laughs> and as the ninjas are leaving, he's sitting there trying to give him advice. Stay, stay low as to not be detected, my brother. What? What? Stay low as to not be detected? Just say, just duck your head. What? 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 <laughs> Shit. This, this movie, the, these lines are great. But what was even greater? This, another montage. We get treated to another one of Chris Farley in the dojo by himself. With, get, he dresses up in a ninja suit, far too small for him. Yes. And we get kung fu fighting. Oh, yeah, and then it goes, <laughs> and he goes, he pulls the katana out, and he's in the mirror posing, like so many a fanboy have done in the mirror, and he goes, he does the pose, he goes, and he rips the whole back of it open, and it was hilarious, because he starts looking back like, and then he starts doing this montage of all these different weapons, he's got nunchaku, he's going, 
do not try it. Don't try it. Don't try it. And then he's just psyching himself up. He's swinging the nunchucks. He's hitting himself in the the knee and the head. Oh, my God. This shit killed me. You have to watch this, people. It's incredible. It's absolutely great. (laughs) God. But to move (sighs) forward slightly. So after this is when we are introduced to uh, Sally Jones. Jones. Yes. We're introduced to Sally Jones. She's looking for uh, some help, assistance, you know? Yes, not that kind of assistance. Ninja assistance. Yes. Yes. And Haru is, uh, shall we say, mm, uh, taken with the young with the young lady. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Can we say he might be thinking with his short sword? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Nicolette, Nicolette Sheridan, I don't I don't I haven't I don't remember her from other movies, but I, I definitely liked her in this. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought she did well for what she was asked to do. Agree. She was asked I to play. Yeah, she was asked to play a co-star. Uh, the um, Alice uh, Allison Page. We find out that's who she is later. And what is she asking of Haru? She's asking somebody to follow her boyfriend because yeah, because she, she thinks she, he's a criminal. Correct. And Haru clearly following this. He does. But before we get to that part, there is a bit of comedy here again, and once again, a very visually. Heavy movie. So once again, I, Cran and I are probably going to skip over some comedic bits, but these early ones are really funny because it all because this one's important because it speaks to Haru and his character, especially this yeah. one. Close your. I will give you a demonstration. Close your eyes, and I'm not even going to get to the scroll part or the rack that's not made by ninjas or the demonstration or the ashes of his ancestors. I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip all over that. And I'll get right to the nine, count to nine, close your eyes and count to nine. And when you open them, I'll be gone. Let me just expose that shit. That is not Ninja. Because anybody can disappear in nine seconds if you just allow them to. Yeah. But he, he, he not only disappears in the most insane way possible, he does it loud as fuck. What does he do? He doesn't walk out the room. He doesn't hide somewhere that he knows he could hide. I did like how he tried to become a lamp. That was kind of funny. For a brief moment. It, it was very, it was, it was, it was just, it was brilliant. It was just, okay, thanks, Haru. Good job, buddy. Excellent thought. But he jumps out the fucking wall. He jumps through a wall to get out of there. And she doesn't hear this. She just looks at Haru. Where'd he go? And then he's like, uh, 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 run the bush and he goes, he just poses real quick. Here I am. Sally Jones, God I will damn. accept your mission. And he's not afraid of danger. Okay, and, th- and then we continue on. And Martin Tanley is her boyfriend. And the mm-hmm. criminal we're, we're meant to follow. And we get the impression right out the gate uh, that Martin name Tanley... name is Nathaniel... Yes, Nathaniel life. Parker. Yeah. Yeah, we get Nathaniel Parker. Martin Tanley's not to be fucked with. No. Martin Tanley is a gangster. He's he's a not with an A. He's not gangster. He's a gangster. This guy is a straight Did up. You just he's use a, a hard ER. Run? I used a hard. I used a hard ER for this man. This is a gangster. This dude. The first thing we see this guy do is what he pays a million dollars for half of a ten thousand dollar bill. And what does he say yep. to the guy before he fucking kills him? 
He says, next time, and he said, take this with your next life. Next time, don't take a job you can't complete. And obviously a PG-13 movie, so you can't show it. But you hear a gunshot, and then a dead body falls into... Well, this is <clears throat> this is back when PG-13 actually meant something, though. This is like that cusp before it became too soft, but it was right at that hard level where it was supposed to be, you know? Yeah, you could get away with a couple fucks if you so choose to put them in. Shit was not un- unheard of. It was, it, and was, again, yeah, it was 90s. It was a different time. It's so interesting to see how much of this they got away with. Because that, like, that was another moment. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And um, before then, we there's a little more scenes of Haru in broad daylight in a ninja suit. <laughs> just dancing. And it's this, it's this awesome music. And it reminded me of Monkey Island LucasArts bit music. Yeah. It's so chippy tune. It's weird. It really reminded me of it. And you got Chris Farley going, what's it? And making all these false faux ass ninja noises. And it's, oh my God. It's so silly. I haven't seen anything sillier in a long fucking time, dude. And what happens? He gets caught on the goddamn gate. When he's trying to open the gate, he gets caught in the gate when he would be and before he couldn't even remember to take off the caps on the binoculars. So he saw nothing for a brief moment. Dude, it's fucking incredible. And what happens after the gunshot wound? After we get introduced to Martin Tanley and the guy gets killed in the boat. Uh clearly the cops come and Guru yep. runs. And how does he get away? He jumps into a bucket of it seemingly fish excrement and and chum guts, looks like. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's gross. It's absolutely gross. And then the very next scene, you got Gobe throwing water on him. Chris Farley going, ah! (laughs) And we get this great scene. Haru, Gobe called the Gobe called the hotel. There was no one there by name of Sally Jones. And this was a weird bit of information. What hotel gives a description of somebody that somebody who anonymously is looking for? Again, this was the nineties though. True. Different time. Different time. But we get oh to my learn God. what? This is pre nine eleven where that actually was okay. This is it's so... Yeah, this is, this is pre nine eleven. This was when this type of stuff was commonplace. Where where um you could you could just walk onto a plane. I remember when yeah. I was on a plane when I was a kid. The boarding for people who don't remember this or didn't who who weren't born into it never experienced it. When I was a kid, when we boarded a plane to go visit family, we would just get on. Yep. There was a metal detector, of course. There was always a metal detector, and you'd have to put your bags in the in the in the, the X ray machine to get scanned. That's always been there, but. And you might have to take off your belt buckle if it, if it, if if you were, if you set off the metal detector, there was nobody nobody was searching you no you know there were police there of course it's an airport but it wasn't intense the way it is now at the TSA, by any means. Think about this, folks. When you when I was a kid, I could just walk on, walk onto an airplane. That's it. Nobody had problems for the most part. Yeah. Crazy time, man. Crazy time. Oh, fuck, where were we? Oh, yeah, 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 Gobe, we find out that uh, Sally Jones gave him a false name, and we find out the name was Allison Page. And what does Haru have to do? Embark (sighs) on his quest to find Sally Jones to America, 
because he has yes. a matchbook from the hotel that she might be at in Beverly Hills. And what does he call and it? Finally, I must travel to the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> to the hills of Beverly, he says. God Sensei, damn. I must travel to the hills of Beverly hills and of find Beverly. and find Sally Jones. And you get this nice music and goodbye, goodbye, sayonara, goodbye. And he hits his head on somebody. And Robin Shoes going, oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm really going to miss him. No, you won't because you are going with him. And Robin Shoe, great acting. No, please, anything but that. And I think that's just Robin Shoe saying, no, come on, they've given me my check. Let me out of this film. Basically. Get me out this motherfucker. It's awesome. And so what, what, what do we see? We see Chris, uh, not Chris Rock. We do see Chris Rock pretty soon. We see Chris Farley coming to America. We see, not, not yet. We see him going through the metal detector. And one, once again, people, super heavy comedy. Super heavy comedy on this movie. You see Chris Farley go through the metal detector, and it beeps. So he hits the metal detector with palm hand strikes. And the, and the, guy, and the, secu- and the uh, cop says, empty your pockets. And what does he pull out, Ken? Do you want to just name off some of the items he's pulling out of his, 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 uh, his uh, clothing? The most, the most nonsensical, and then some of the most dangerous. Like, how do you fit that in a gi, Rum? Where would you put it? I don't know. I have no clue. But let's let's go down this list. Uh, uh, throwing stars. Yeah. A a a uh, a a pocket sickle on a chain. Swords. Like I said, <laughs> swords. The most random and lethal shit, right? Yeah. Who carries like, again, swords I... <laughs> in their gi? <laughs> Give the man credit. Didn't get hurt. <laughs> Yeah, and here's the even here's the greater part, the even mo- more awesome part. They let him on that flight with those weapons. I just want you to realize that people, they let him on a commercial airline with swords, ninja shurikens, and chains and sickles. And he's talking to yep. a kid saying he'd have to kill him when he's bragging about his mission. And then a dad punches him right in the fucking mush. Ice is the yeah, shit out yeah, of you. Yeah. It was it was funny because that was a great setup. Because the kid runs over and says, Daddy, he said he was gonna kill me. It's like, what'd you say to my kid? I was merely explaining to the child, and he already got hit. Already hit. Because yep. that's what a dad would do. That's what a Basically. dad would do. Oh yeah, come on. Any any come on. The, any dad, any parent who's listening, what would you do? Put in the comment below. You're gonna jack the dude in the fucking mouth. For threatening, you know, because all for all you hear from a parent perspective is somebody just threatened my kid. I'm gonna go beat him up. <laughs> and then you get the turning Japanese by Guttermouth. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. You get the uh, you get the little uh, more montages. It's a montage heavy movie. Uh, you get Chris yeah, Farley coming actually. to America. He's getting the car. And it's also even more classy because this montage does another clever thing. It shows Chris Farley's inevitable, fruitless, it shows Haru's endless, terrible search and Gobei leading him in the right direction without him knowing. Yes. Gobei's disguised as luggage. He's disguised as a bronze statue. He's disguised as everything. Pretty much. He even even sets up by uh, seeing Sally Jones driving, get, get, throws a shuriken, busts her tire out, and causes them to meet up to forward the plot. 
This yeah. movie, this movie is only goes forward because of Robin Shu. What has the I world come to for Liu Kang? <laughs> Every time. The last time we saw Liu Kang, he was doing a fireball and a bicycle kick and then turning into a dragon and killing Shao Kahn. Now we see him in this? I am saddened, but I'm happy that he's getting a paycheck. But that's what we see. We see him in the montage. He gets to the hotel. And Candy, want to talk about Chris Rock's appearance as Joey, the, uh, the attendant? I mean, God, he... I don't think this is was Chris Rock on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I believe so. At this point, I don't. I know, know he's been. We can look it up. I mean, I'll I'll look it up. I'll look it up while you talk. Just watching Joey Washington. I know he's been on SNL. Just yeah. their interactions are hilarious. Speaking of hilarious interactions, Ninja Lessons. Oh, the ninja lessons when Chris Rock was talking about being one of the citrus colors. Yes. I'm a, I'm a yellow belt, a tangerine belt. You know, one of them citrus colors. I love how jo- Chris Rock portrays Joey in this sense of he's like a fanboy in a way. He's just kind of amazed. Yeah. He's in awe of a guy who's a real ninja. Because you see how um, Haru even gets into the hotel. He has gold. Because initially, the guy, the attendant, wasn't even serious about it. He wasn't trying to give yeah. that dude a room. He wasn't trying to give her a room. What, he says, uh, "He says I have money. Of course you do. Unfortunately, we don't take wampum. And then Chris Foley says, oh, do you perhaps take gold? And he dumps what is real gold coins onto yeah. the counter. And the guy just goes, uh, uh, front, let's get this dude a room. Y- yeah, I'll send Don Perignon to your room. Perhaps later. I would like to be alone tonight. Um, perhaps later. <laughs> I will meet your friend Dom. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. Oh, okay. God. There is some amazing limitations to what he doesn't know about the world. But then there's other – but he gains a quick he, – he gains a quick understanding. I give him that. But he gets up to the room and how he's going through the room. He's rolling through the ground. He gets caught in the curtains. He's sniffing the telephone. I don't – I yeah. don't – and then he does a demonstration with the swords to impress Chris Rock, and he throws a sword, and he almost kills Gobey. He throws a sword, and it goes through the door to the closet, and it almost jacks Gobey in the face. It almost takes his face off. Yeah. I mean, it's and and people once again, this is stuff you have to see. It's shit you gotta see, but this is it's fucking hilarious. And Chris Rock's reaction, man, that was dope. What are you like, a something, something black belt? Chris, Chris Rock goes, the blackness of my belt is like the 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 the, the inside of a coffin on the moonless night. <laughs> inside of a coffin, like that's how black his belt is. It's a it's a fucking black belt. That's all I know. <laughs> oh man, and yeah, you're talking, and yeah, Chris Farley takes um Haru takes Joey under his apprenticeship for ninja training and it's bullshit ninja training it's just a big jerk off joke if you haven't caught on to that by now people yep because what was the training he was training joey how to snap a man's neck and he said practice on chickens and later in the (laughs) later in the movie he says don't worry joey one day you will choke that chicken 
And I'm going, yep. oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. I honestly expected them to say jerk that chicken. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Choke the chicken still works, I think. I bet that was debated. Because, I mean, they hit so many on-the-nose jokes like that. I was really surprised when they didn't do it. Really? Yes. Uh, that surprises me, man. That surprises me a lot. Fuck, but uh, I actually lost my train of thought on this plot. Uh, we move forward and, hmm, where were we? Um, yeah, we go, through the, we go through the montage of Gobei helping Haru, and Sally Jones meets up, and uh, Sally Jones wants nothing to do with them at the time. She's saying, go away. Haru's confused, and she, she sees Martin, Tan Martin Tanley at the time, her boyfriend, who is the criminal. And Haru doesn't get it. He's still not getting the picture. And uh, it's, it's just one of those things that kind of carry the plot forward. And then Haru ends up following Martin Tanley. Yeah. I'm trying to remember where he goes first. Um, I think shit. he goes to the so, strip club first. Yes. No, yes, the... it's the strip club first. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And it, it has the song, Give me all you loving. Are you one with the universe, Can? You want to talk about this strip scene, motherfucker? Are you one with the universe? God damn. Again, surprising. Is it weird that Chris Farley was good dancing to I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt and Robin Shoes acting when he got the shirt thrown on his head of utter just, I hate everything about my existence right now <laughs> Robert Chu would look good man he had his uh he had his nice uh businessman attire on he already blended yeah. in society i mean robin Chu's a legit ninja he blended in perfectly and you see um chris farley following martin tanley because tanley as we know has to get the plates cuz this is the plot line we're actually following because it's very thin people understandably this is a thin plot yeah what it is is haru's a bumbling ninja and and he's the great white ninja which is amazing for all sorts of reasons martin T uh sally jones gets uh hires haru and now haru's on a quest to find her martin tanley's a criminal he paid a million dollars for half the plates now he's at a strip club with the kabutasai the another another small gang in beverly hills to get the other half of the plates who've acquired them and Chris Farley, Haru, follows him to the strip club, and here we are in the present. It's a pretty good way to wrap it up quickly. And then yeah. he goes into the strip club, and he sees the strippers. And he doesn't know what to do. He's, he's shell-shocked. Yeah, because that's the best way to describe it. Because the stripper is dancing. She's shaking her ass. He's going, I am one with the universe. And he's shaking his head to her, shaking her ass. He's like, I am one with the universe. I am one with the... No, I am not one with the universe. <laughs> and he starts dancing. And it's, 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 it, is, it is a ridiculous scene. But more importantly, what's happening to, while that's going on, uh, a gunfight and a fist fight breaks out. Uh, yeah. somebody gets shot. Um, no, 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 no. Yes. Uh, two people get shot because, uh, Martin Tanley's heavy that he has with him beats up the two guys and, uh, 
Chris Farley gets thrown out the strip club because he rips his shirt and falls off the stage and lands on one of the tables, breaking it, so the bouncers throw him out. And at that time, you hear gunshots, and two more people die. So, dude, Martin Tanley's a killing motherfucker. Yes. Martin Tanley is a, like, what's, like I said, he's a gangster. He's icing people left and right. This is a comedy, people. And yet you got a guy like Martin Tanley sitting there jacking people. Mm-hmm. And once again, so what happens is, is now people have this little account of people seeing him as a criminal. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So now we move on a little further. And I think we got to the point of, I believe Chris Farley is, what was it? Where was it? I think he had to. Right after the club? Right after the club. I think he, I think he gets, I think he visits his sensei and then he goes to the phone book because the sensei tells him to go to the phone book because he hadn't thought about how to reach Sally, uh, Sally Jones. And he somehow he reaches Allison's residence with Martin. He reaches Martin Tanley's residence and he go, and he uh, gets the guard dog. There's a bit there and he finds Sally Jones and he confronts her about um, what what's going on. And he realizes her name is really Allison Page and that Martin Tanley had killed her sister. And that she's the sister of Martin Tanley's ex-girlfriend. Yes. And we go when we go on to the plot, and Haru believes her and all that kind of stuff, when we go on to the Hibachi Grill, which is oh, God the highlight of this movie, in my opinion. I would agree on that. I would, I would say you're very fair. Uh, I actually uh, want to get some water. Do you mind describing this scene a little bit while I get this bottle of water? To make sure I'm on the same page, you're talking about when he disguises himself as the chef, right? Oh, yes! Go, my man. So, Haru disguises himself as his Japanese chef. So, again, we have this this display. Oh, gosh. Again, it, I, I mentioned it's hard for me to just describe this movie. But imagine Chris Farley dressed as a Japanese restaurant chef and he finds out that tanley is looking for an ink specialist named chet walters yep will sasso great cameo again yes and they're looking to help counterfeit the money right that's pretty much yes. why we chet walters that's is the trail ink, we've been on yes chet walters is an ink specialist martin martin tanley is uh hell-bent on counterfeiting money and doing money laundering, making counterfeit currency, which is a real is a real fucking Thanks. business. It is a very profitable business. That's why it's white collar crime. That's why guys who get caught for money laundering and fraudulent money they get sentenced to federal crime, uh, federal time rather. Yeah. And uh, in this hibachi grill scene, zugi hagi, zugi hagi, <laughs> zugi hagi, banzai. And the first, I'm sorry. The very first thing we see is Chris Farley with this cart of all the ingredients. He smashes through the kitchen, fucking jacks a waiter, and he and oh my god, Ken, please, Ken, you want to just laugh and understand the type of shit that he was doing? I'm gonna imitate. He goes, Ohio, come on, wa, Ohio, come on, wa. 
おはよう。こんばんは。おー And then he puts meat so for what I just did. Chris Farley is bowing when he's going, おはよう。こんばんは。おはよう。こんばんは。He's dressed up in this white chef jacket with a red scarf, a red chef hat, a black long haired bowl cut wig, and a fucking long Fu Manchu mustache. I repeat. A white chef coat, a red scarf, a red chef hat, a, a black long haired wig that looks bowl cutty, and a black Fu Manchu mustache. This yes. shit is not possible today on, on major movies. This is easily, it's probably possible on those epic movie or disaster movie schlock films, but it's definitely not possible. Yeah. It's definitely not around nowadays. Not as much. But Chris Farley pulls it off great and he's bowing when he's going, Oh, how come what? He burns his head and he goes, Oh, and he's trying not to give himself away. So he's doing it in the impression of what he thinks is a Japanese faux Japanese accent. And he puts、yeah. the meat on his head and he goes, Oh, Oichi Wawa, Oichi Wawa, Oichi Wawa, okay, Oichi Wawa. And he throws the meat on the grill. Oh, come on, man. Health inspector, bro. Bro, health inspector. You're fucked, man. You're fucked. And during this time, we found out the information that, we, that Cam was just talking about earlier. And all throughout this time, what do we see but a cross dressing Robin shoe? I don't even know how to feel about it. We see a cross dressing Robin shoe. And when I first saw this, I was stunned. Ken, what did you think about Robin's shoe in this scene? I like you. I was left speechless. Again, I don't usually pause the films we watch, but it was another moment where I had to pause and sit back and like just question my existence for a bit. Yes. This is, I had an equally. Uh, inquisitive moment in pondering in life. And look, you look, man, I don't know what, what, what it is about the 90s, but th- whatever they, whoever can, conv- this agent was fucking crafty. Okay. They got Robin Shu in a business casual red dress, like business top and, sh- and skirt with leggings, heels, makeup, blush, eyeliner, the works. They, this, they even got his ass wearing fake hair. They got Robin Shu、yeah. wearing some fake ass hair. He's did. Can. Is that appropriate to say? He got did for this movie. It's fucking insane. You got a did up Robin Shu. You got Chris Farley being a hibachi grill chef. You got Martin Tanley talking about. The fucking Kabutasai and how they have to meet with them.、Uh, moving the plot along, too. They're actually moving the plot along. We're trying to do this. And they have to meet the Kabutasai、uh, with an elder. So this is the gangs.、Uh, this, this is organized crime type stuff. Now, I'm not certain I'm not in organized crime, but for movie standards, this is what movie people do. Movie, movie organized mob people do. They meet with an elder or whatever they got to do. I don't know if it's true. <clears throat> But in this movie, they have to meet with an elder and they have to check their guns and all that kind of shit, or so they think. And we get to a good fight scene. We get to a fun fight scene of we see Robin Shu beating the shit out of people, cross dressing.、Uh, you get Chris Farley beating people up with fish, 
with giant fish? I don't even know how to think about it. Is that appropriate, Ken? I mean, he just took... I think that was made specifically for the trailer. It had to have been. It That's pretty much how I felt. Because it was funny. Don't get it twisted. I thought it was hilarious, but he blasted that poor stuntman with that big ass... With those big ass fish. Agreed. And um, then they get out, they escape, and they go back to the hotel. And Joey, they do another choke the chicken joke. And people, we are breezing through this because, truthfully... There's only a few more things we're probably going to talk about in this, and then we'll probably get the closing thoughts because this is a rather short film to talk about. But it, nonetheless, it's, it's again, fun to talk about. It's fun, but it's also, like I said, kind of hard because it's you got to see it. Well, you do have to see it, but yeah, we do have to see it. And like I said, as you could tell, people, I've seen this movie a lot. I could, I could play by play this motherfucker, even down it's to the honestly, point. Honestly, a really good film. I had a really fun experience with it. Oh yeah. Yeah, but we get to the point of um, Chris Farley and uh, Haru and Allison getting bu- getting busy. They getting busy. Yeah. And it goes, ooh, Hey, hey, Haru got his short sword wet. <laughs> no joke. She sharpened that surprised it. surprised the heck out of me. No, really? It was eventual. Come on. You had to you had to eventually expect Haru to get his short sword played with. Fair. You know, it's it's he's the hero. He's the hero. Yeah. And honestly, this is a movie where I buy it. I buy it happening. It's not one of those situations where I don't believe the 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 co- the actress would fall for the fall for the uh, actor. I could actually buy into it because Chris Farley once again, Chris Farley is that guy that Chris Farley reminds me of a dude that is going to be with a ridiculously good-looking woman. Why? Because he can make her laugh. Yeah. And because and every guy understands what I mean by that because it's a true it's a true part of life. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's seen that couple where you look at them and you go, "How in the fuck is that one possible?" Right? Either yeah. he's either he's slinging hammerhead dick or he's funny as fuck or he's rich. Or she really loves him, and it's, it's it's a combination of all four, and it's a or and obviously there's more, but it's a very interesting yeah. thing, and and that's why I buy, buy into it. You know what I mean? I buy into this Allison Haru relationship because it is interesting. This is a fish. Out, once again, I think I have a thing for fish out of water stories too. Fish out you of water really, characters. Yeah, really do. I don't know why. Maybe because I don't feel comfortable anywhere, and I always feel like a stranger. That could be why. That could be a subconscious reason why I like these fish out of water stories. Yeah, actually, a lot of the stuff we've done for this for our uh, go to the movies are fish out of the water. Uh, trust me, I'm not. I'm not trying to make it that way. I'm not directing it that direction. Just wait till we get to Pixar. Oh, I definitely get to what Pixar or the Simpsons movie. Yeah, that's gonna be insane. But um, no. Uh, Haru and Allison, they get boogie, and then they got to go visit Chet Walters, ink specialist. And this is another good scene. You get a good cameo from Will Sasso, and um, they go under the guise of the car breaking down. They call the, they're trying to call the uh, towing company, the tri- uh, AAA. And Will Sasso's wearing this fucking funny mustache. He's going, ha, 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 ha. hey, nice jacket. Who shot the couch? <laughs> he's one of those guys, one of those annoying motherfuckers, but he's good at his job, and he's dirty as fuck, so he'll take a check. Or he'll take cash under the table. 
We all know that guy. But what happens? He's trying to give him a shiatsu massage when he's really trying to give him the ninja sleep hold, which doesn't work. The Vulcan neck, which is it's the Vulcan neck pinch. I mean, yeah. that's what it was. It was awesome. And then what does Allison do? Oh, and uh, for a movie punch, looked good. Agreed. Looked good. It didn't look. It didn't look like I said. It made me wonder about the stunt work. Yeah, and once again, Will Sasso, not a guy who's not unusual to his own stunts. He got ch- he he's been in, he's been in the WWE before, and he's been choke slammed and fucked up by wrestlers. You know, he's willing to go that extra mile. And you know, this once again, I scream to the admiration of the performers for this movie. And this gets rated really low when you look around. But fuck those ratings, man. This movie's fucking funny. This movie is really funny. If you're a Chris Farley fan, you'll actually really enjoy it. Even if you're not, you might actually enjoy it because it is a bit of a gem. But we get past all this, and we get to The Laughing Mushroom, where, okay, (laughs) can. (laughs) I have seen some people on some M&Ms before, man. Some magic mushrooms. I have never seen it to that effect. Not that quick. I've never seen a, la- a mushroom turn turn into truth serum. That seems a bit of bullshitty bullshit to me. But it is funny. But they do the laughing mushroom bit, and we move on to Chet Walters admitting that they have to. He has to meet with Martin Tanley in about ten minutes. Chet Walters passes out due to, the, to, to pretty much, I think he dies. Can? Did, did, did Haru kill somebody? Can, did I lose you again, brother? Uh-oh. No, I, uh. Oh, there you are. It, it's a little delayed. I don't know why. Oh, it's a little are delayed. we good now? Yeah, we're good now, brother. It's okay. Okay, I was just saying, I kind of think he did kill someone. Because he did the he did the laughing mushroom, then he fell over in his chair, and then, then you hear, I think he died. Yeah. And what did they kind do? Of like they I laughed. Said. They laughed. They were too busy laughing. They were about to fuck again on the floor. <laughs> That's what they were about to do, man. It's absolutely fucking crazy. But, um, yeah. You have Haru disguising himself as Chet Walters, and uh, he gets blindfolded by Martin Tanley and taken to the warehouse, and then he is running the ink machine, and he's trying to steal the plates. Correct, Cam? Yep. And at that point, he fails because one, um, one of the plates falls out of his pocket, and he ends up in a little bit of shit. He gets caught. A little bit rum. That's I kind of think it's a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, he's in a lot of shit. He's in a lot of shit because not only do you have goons, you have goons in matching track suits. Those are mini bosses. Come on, man! In every fighting game, there's always mini bosses, and they're always usually wearing color coordinated shit outfits. That is definitely what's going on here. So you got Haru running. And, uh, fuck, man, he fought, yeah, he was fighting the ninjas, he ran, he got caught in the, in the conveyor belt, and he got, and he got turned into a box, the box broke, and then he got kidnapped, and then he went to the meeting in the van with the Kabutasai, the Kabutasai got double-crossed by the elder with Mr. Tanley, 
They pulled guns on him, took the rest of the plates. So now Martin Tanley has acquired all the plates that he needs. That's very pivotal for this scene because now Martin Tanley has killed at least four people. He's had his henchmen beat up and fuck up I don't know how many people. They've had numerous fights over these plates and over this goddamn white ninja that's been annoying him. And Allison gets kidnapped after freeing Haru. And then Haru gets caught by the police. But not really because, once again, Gobe to the rescue. He throws a smoke pellet. He gets thrown in the car. Haru is confused. He goes back to the hotel. He's distra- he's distraught. He goes talks to his sensei back on the plane on the plane of enlightenment. He realizes his path as a ninja is to rescue Allison, and he goes back into his body. He gets slammed through a window, and what do we see? We see the med- a medallion, the one he was not bestowed upon in the earlier movie. We are coming full circle. He has the outfit. Yes, we are. How the fuck did the outfit get there? How did the weapons get there? I have no clue who let them in there. Did an anonymous package go to Joey? I honestly thought it was Gobi. I don't think so. You, you don't? think so? I mean, he's been intervening and like hanging around all throughout, so I just thought it made sense. You know what? I don't. I didn't put that together till now. That actually makes perfect sense because Gobi would have already heard that because earlier in the Plane of Enlightenment. The sensei says, Gobe will not be a great ninja until he learns about having a good heart and being compassionate, which is, truthfully, I'm skimming over a lot of this shit, but the, the wisdom the sensei actually gives Haru, I'm not saying it's applicable to every aspect of life, but it is, it is insightful beyond reproach for this movie. Because Gobe's fatal flaw is that he was very cold toward his younger brother. He didn't he he his heart wasn't open to him it was open out of obligation and i think we've all had a relationship like that and you it, were you desperately because what did yeah. Haru say and this actually broke my heart when i heard it and this this shows strength of chris farley and maybe it's just to me maybe just to me whatever it is about chris farley he got me in this scene he says i want gobay to know that i love him dearly and i want him you know he only wants his respect Right, he only wants to know that he loves him. He wants his respect, and that is anybody can place themselves in any position with somebody that they deeply care about and love and want their admiration. And with the exactly, sensei, yeah, and with the sensei saying, you know, Gobe will not be a great ninja, you know, until he realizes, you know, people, you know, he, he, you need to have a compassionate heart as big as Chris Farley's as Haru's, and that's also true too. You know, we live in a society yeah. and and oftentimes we have to be selfish because there's a lot of crazy fucks out there. But we can't forget, we can't become completely cynical or jaded because you lose out on a lot of shit because of that. And this is what I capture from this movie. That little scene. That's that's what I see in that the acting conveyed in that message. And then we get to some funny shit because of course Chris Farley is another montage. He's throwing shurikens. Into his gi? Throwing. Jesus. Throwing. Throw. Dun, 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 dun. And he's, he's taking the swords, and then he takes the sickle, and he completely cuts open the bed sheet. That's probably 1,200 Thread County Egyptian sheets. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? And it's even better because the first att- – and, you know, I love this little preparation because, if you remember, his first attempt out is with Joey to drive the car. He fails yeah. because he blindfolds himself trying to get there. And what does he do? He goes through a car wash. He goes down a racetrack. He goes everywhere but the fucking 
warehouse. So what happens? Gobei has to put the ninja sleeper hold on him and drive him to the goddamn warehouse where he was at before. Yes, he does. And what do we see? We see an excellent scene of Chris Farley climbing a palm tree. My short sword. <laughs> and what song do we get? What song do we get? Oh, 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 wait, that, that's my shit, man. You can't tell me that shit. <laughs> boy, boy, don't fuck around with me. That's my shit. I love every bit of it. Because why? Because you got Chris Rock going, yeah, yeah, Mr. Dojo Rosin. Shit you cannot say anymore. You could totally say it to then, but you can't say it now. I agree. I'm sorry. I just marked out. I just marked out. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, so, I'm laughing. It is really good, though. Because <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so is great, that dude. in the background? Yeah, I was trying to find it, but I realized YouTube would fucking kick me in the dick for that. I can't play it. Yeah. Was... Fuck. Fuck YouTube on that shit, man. That's upsetting because people would have loved to hear that. Mm, upsetting. Oh, well. But that's what we got. We got uh, Chris Farley in a palm tree to the song, and he and he gets through. He actually makes it. And by the way, impossible. Yes, he does. Physics would not allow that. You're not, you're not going to go... You're not doing that to the goddamn palm tree. That's insane. But he gets through. He lands onto a truck. And then we get to the end scene. And Allison is tied up to a bomb. She's tied up to a chair, and there's a bomb next to her. He's going to blow her to fuck up. Yeah. Okay. Can we just, can we rate Martin Tenley on the scale of evil here? Pretty fucking evil. He, right? For a, he's pretty evil. He's killed people. I mean, he's obviously a gangster, and now he's gonna blow up his ex girlfriend because, in another reveal, he knew all along that Allison was his, uh, the his the sister of the his girlfriend that he killed. He knew, yeah. and he was leading her on. So this dude has been a snake this entire this entire movie. And again, but, hides it well. Yeah, but what? But that? But this screams to the type of villain once again if you notice about the clear contrast of characters okay chris farley's in white come on does that not symbolize hero anymore yeah you know what i mean now can i'm not a film student i'm not a film student you're a film you're a filmmaker you're an actual filmmaker you've gone to school you're formally trained on this stuff if i'm picking this up what is a guy like you looking at when you see this type of stuff it's very obvious it's it's using color to, you know, fit the tone, match the emotion. And it's really cool that, and again, we've said it before in other films, but here? Yeah, right, right. Here? What's going on here? There's, once again, maybe this is just me looking at this movie with a, a more a more firm glance of what I'm looking for now because having done a lot of these with you I've gained a bigger understanding of film in itself and actually to another extent I've 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 gained a greater understanding about gaming by listening to you talk about film and actually watching your own stuff your own weekend well, game Sh- uh, cheap plug cheap pops to weekend game <laughs> go to Andrew Can's gaming channel at weekend game on YouTube go subscribe and check it out he is 
probably if you if you don't like let's plays i implore you to try his because his are very watchable and that's not easy for me to say cuz there's only one or two let's players i watch outside of can who i work <laughs> with you. well i mean dude if i man if i got to be real a lot of let's plays are trash yours aren't if i'm going to be real with you yours aren't trash that's why i watch them i like them they're they're quality but if we get back to Beverly Hills Ninja what Chris Farley does is definitely not trash. What Gobey does is definitely not trash. Heroic <laughs> as fuck. Gobey is going H-A-M. Hard as a motherfucker A-F. Hard as a motherfucker as fuck. Promise mm-hmm. you. Promise you. What happens? Chris Farley is fighting with Gobey. They're tag teaming this shit. Gobey and Haru's fighting with his brother. And what is Haru doing? He's doing more damage to his brother than the people they're fucking fighting. Yeah. Now, mind you, I want to ask you something. Does does Haru have access to subspace? Because in one scene, he's fighting hand-to-hand, and mind you, Gobe is doing all the fighting and kicking ass, and, and Haru's fighting one guy. One guy. The same guy. Yeah. And one scene, he's fighting barehanded, and he hits Gobe, and he says, So sorry, my brother. And then in the next scene, he has... Uh, three. He has the 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 sh- the three staff. I don't remember what it's called. It's three short staffs on a chain. Oh, and he's shit. swinging. I know this, it. But he's swinging this motherfucker around, and he keeps hitting Gobey. And Robin Chu's going. Don't you think you should go say Avin Ellison? Will you be okay, my brother? I will try. And he rather. So you have to understand the logic here. Gobey rather get the fuck beat out of him than having Haru do it. But we're getting to a pivotal scene. We're getting to the scene where Haru is talking to Allison and Gobey's getting beat up. Because right after that point, Gobey's getting the numbers. The numbers game overtakes Gobey and he gets fucked up. He gets hurt. He gets kicked. As he, he does. falls over. And Robin Shu, I know he did his own stunts. I, I don't, I mean, I'm fairly certain he did because I know he does stunt work. I know he did his own shit in Mortal Kombat because he's a real martial artist. I'm a martial artist. I've done fight choreography. It is a. That's a cool. That was a cool little gig I did. It was kind of fun because it was cool to incorporate, you know, little aspects of training I've done, you know, and put it into a movie, a little indie film. Of course. Yeah, it's fun. I really want to do more. If you ever do a, hey, if you ever do a fight scene, you need to, you need to call me. I, I will do it. I'll definitely do it. It'll be fucking dope. We, it should be ours, which we're definitely gonna film. Talking about film on the Cannon Rum Go to Movies uh, podcast. Yeah, our little film, baby. Woo. No. We get to Haru, there's a bomb, he has to disable it, and what does he do? He disables a phone. Of course he does. He disables a fucking phone. That's great. And then he disables the actual bomb, he cuts the wrong wire, and it cuts five minutes off. So what does he do? He has to go back and help Gobei, and he does. And this is the pivotal moment of where you see the greatness inside of Chris Farley, of Haru. You see the greatness inside of Haru. His brother is in, is in agony. He's really getting beat up. I mean, you see, you, and for a PG-13 movie, you see the bruising and the abrasions and the blood on his, on Gobe's face. And Haru says, yeah. I, may, I may not be the greatest ninja. I may not be the great white ninja, but I'll tell you this. And he screams it. And oddly ferocious for what happens yeah. next. No one messes with my brother. I got a brother. Fuck yeah. I stand by that sentiment. I stand completely by it. Can's my brother. I stand completely by that sentiment. 
You did not know. Thank you. No. Well, dude, you're my brother. You're family to me, man. I've known you a long time. It's simple as that. You don't no. Someone comes to Can and at, at a convention and, and, and grabs his ass. Well, they better be paying or we got problems. Shit. <laughs> you better how many fingers you how many fingers touch this cheek, huh? Huh? Five fingers? Shit, that that's that's fifty dollars a finger. Man, you better give me your car. What? That was a no? Oh, okay, hey Can. Do you like the do you like that uh Prius? No? What do you want? A Tesla? Oh, okay. Hey, Can and I are gonna be back for that Tesla tomorrow. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> hey brother. I, I I'm joking, people, of course you know I'm just talking shit. It's part of I just love joking around. But it's a real sentiment that everybody who has someone uh, that a brother, anybody you consider a brother that you care about or a family member, you get that. No one messes with your fucking family. But then the most inappropriate music ever. Everyone was kung fu fighting. Everyone. And everybody was fast as lightning. Those kicks were fast as lightning. I, now I I'm thinking, argue, Rum? I'm thinking of Chris Tucker. Or would you? Everybody uh, yes. was kung fu fighting. We, we just really <laughs> need to. Rum, do you want to call it right now? We should just do our next series on Rush Hour. I think we'd both have a lot of fun with that. Okay, we'll do it. Next one, Rush Hour. There's Rush Hour one, two, yep. and three. We know there's gonna be. We know there's no Rush Hour four yet, so we'll do all three. Can I? I have seen. I have watched every single Rush Hour back to back numerous times. I could do this podcast Same. right now. Same. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's over with. Okay, well. Here's what we'll do. We're going to round up with um, Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, you see the Kung Fu fighting. You see Haru defeat the bad guys. He get he takes a forklift. No, he takes a harpoon gun and shoots it through the wall. And the harpoon lands in the truck that Martin Hanley's driving to get away. After Can Haru just deflects how bullets. how lucky Haru is? What do you mean? I agree, but what do you mean? He is super lucky throughout this film. Yeah, I think it's the legend of the Great White Ninja. I think it's the Great White Ninja coming to fruition. I think I think what he's done is I think Haru has entered the Matrix. <laughs> he's he he's he's an agent at this point. No, he's the anomaly. Haru is the anomaly from the Haru's Neo. Oh my God. Haru is Neo. D what who? Who else in okay? Because in that you in in the Beverly Hills Ninja universe, real world, seemingly right, everything bodies die if you shoot them. Gravity reacts the same way. Mortality works the same way. Vices are the same. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, there is a spectral realm of astral projections, real. But but you so the, and theoretically, in our own life, there's people who have claims of astral projection. Although eyewitness testimony is knowingly factually the most flawed testimony out there i that's why i witness accounts don't mean shit agreed yeah and that's not me people that's what smart people who are way more educated than me have have deduced over over a lot of research and who am i gonna believe the guy on youtube who tells me the earth is flat or uh you know a doctor who and what i mean by doctors i mean people who've read research papers and theses on it of varying degrees that you read about and, and you come to your own assertions of course but we continue on with this movie. We get, obviously, Haru wins the day. Good day. Allison's saved. We're all good. Haru's going to stay in America and protect Allison and 
Chris Rock has this good line about the legend of the great black ninja. Clearly bullshit. Agreed. 100% bullshit, but I love Chris Rock. He's selling it. He knows his marketing pitch already. But we get to the end of the film, which is Gobe's fucked up in a wheelchair. And uh, Chris Farley, uh, Haru, and Allison are going to America. He's leaving. And uh, Gobe does something very loving. From brother to brother, he gives him his medallion. And it's a very touching moment. But of course, what happens in the immediate afterwards? Seconds later, Haru has accidentally left the grappling hook attached to Gobe's wheelchair that is attached to the bus that he's leaving in to go to America, which is, unfortunately, the bus is traveling off a cliff face overseeing a large ocean. So what happens to Gobe? Gobe gets slingshotted into the open ocean. What'd you say? Haru, Haru, give me my medallion back. I want my medallion back. And that's the end of the movie, folks. That is the, how they end the movie. That's how they end it. No kidding. Such a cliffhanger, too. This, I, okay, look. This movie, we're going to move right to recommendations. We'll All do, right. We'll, we'll do, actually, I take, that, I take that back. I'm moving in reverse order. We'll do final thoughts on the film first. Can, if you will. Because you've been silent throughout most of this podcast because you've had a lot of hard time visualizing uh, verbal vocalizing what you were watching now i've had to do a lot of that because i can do it it's fine but i would love to get your take on it just from what you watch to uh as a person who makes film as well as just a, a person of viewing audience i think that this film is a very fun film like i would say it's a good popcorn film and a great reflection of the time and honestly i see so many different like nowadays performances you can honestly trace back to movies like this and just the career of you know chris and everything it's just chris farley really kind of led away to so many people i know now that i didn't really get until i saw this film and this film really it's kind of a weird turning point where we see a lot more nonsensical stuff come back to hollywood here because we got a lot of non more nonsensical stuff here after this film too and like I love just the poster of it. It's Kung Fu. I think Chris Farley really is a Kung Fu, you know? I think that this film overall, it's worth watching, right? It's a visual spectacle to behold. Like, some of the gags they get away with are just hilarious. Just because, as I mentioned earlier, I had to pause just to see what I was getting myself into. I was I was very surprised at what they got away with. And it's something I would actually recommend watching. I don't know about owning, but definitely recommend watching. I would say... I'm sorry, are you finished? I yes, apologize. I am. Okay. I would say... I agree with you in a lot of it. Now, I would say as a... Now, I... Clearly, people, you can tell I'm a Chris Farley fan. Um, Chris Farley has connected with me in a very deep way. And I'm not sure why. To be truthful, I don't know why, but he does. And I said this to Can. I don't remember if it was on air, off air. I'm high as fuck, people. You know how this is. I said that Chris Farley was a prototype to what other physical comedy, slapstick, goofy comedy, silly stuff would be later on. You see a lot of it in Jack Black. You see elements of it in Will Ferrell. You see elements of it in Jonah Hill when he does certain physical comedy. In certain awkward bits, because Chris Farley, Chris Farley is a lot more exaggerated and charismatic and colorful 
but you see a lot of the facial acting. You see a lot of Chris Farley had charm. He had this interesting combination of childlike charm and really raw talent. Because that's what I see in Chris Farley. Because truthfully, he didn't live long enough to see to 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 go past the peak, which is fucking yeah, which is a tragedy to me. Because this is a guy. Think about it. How many movies would Chris Farley be plugged into if he'd be alive? The House, the the movie that came out with Will Ferrell. That'd be a Chris Farley joint. I agree. Okay, look at mm, look at uh, you could see him in a bridesmaid movie. You could see him in even I don't like him. Yes, you God. know what I mean. You could see him in in the you, the, the cameo roles because he was the king of cameos in the early nineties with the Happy Madison productions, uh, Wayne's World. He did the cameos or when in Billy Madison when he was a bus driver when he was and a lot of people out. don't know this. Mm. He was originally going to be Shrek. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. You know. It's just there's like, so there much was a lot of Farley. things like he was. They actually were also going to do a Ghostbusters three with Farley. Wow. Like seriously. Yes. Now, for people who are watching the screen right now, I am loading the screen with uh, Beverly Hills Ninja's gifts while we're giving final thoughts and wrapping up and talking about it. But I I, I love every bit of it. But um, I definitely will say this. My final thoughts of the movie is it it, it is. I agree with Ken. It's a popcorn flick unless you're a Chris Farley fan. If you're a Chris Farley fan, like I am deeply uh, appreciative of his work comedically because if there's anything I'm appreciative of, it's it's three primary things. It's martial arts. It's 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 rap, specifically the the technical aspect of rap music, the, the lyrical side. And then comedy. I love comedy. I love stand-up. I love making people laugh. You fucking people can tell that. I like making jokes. I like making Ken laugh. <laughs> Half of my life is, is built on making Ken laugh when we interact. It's just a shame we got to be on a podcast. Ken got his white tiger from Siegfried and Roy. It's all good, baby. But <laughs> I definitely recommend this movie to buy, to own, for Chris Farley fans. I don't re- I, I would recommend, agree on that. I re- yeah, and I recommend to watch it if it's on Netflix or Hulu like it is now for just people who want to see a good popcorn funny comedy if you you know what this is good this is perfect for a first date or yeah i would actually or if you want to netflix and chill if you're trying to netflix and chill this is the movie i guarantee you god i guarantee you i don't want to imagine how many kids chris farley would have inadvertently caused by netflix and chilling to beverly hills i just i just want you to know can the next time you get your dick sucked by your girlfriend to this movie you're gonna think of this podcast and you're gonna giggle (laughs) (laughs) all right people that is it for Beverly Hills Ninja, starring Chris Farley. It was it, it, it obviously Ken and I both uh, like it. We both recommend it. I recommend to own it if you are a fan of Chris Farley. But it is both recommends, and it is a good film for a popcorn little brainless <laughs> funny comedy that it is. That will if you that if you Netflix and chill to it and you get your dick sucked to it, you will forever hear our voices. And when you blam, just blam to this point right now. all right people let's give a little updates right now in the next can and rum go to the movies review podcast that we're going to do we're moving back into franchise territory and what will we be doing Uh, 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 uh. 
Oh, Rum. What? We have one more. Well, you got to choose, and now I get to choose a standalone. Oh, no. Uh-oh. You do. What is the standalone? Uh-huh. What is the standalone, right. sir? I've I forgot. I apologize. It. I've been thinking about it, and I want to do a film that we actually haven't done. I think it's something that you would like. It's oh, a God. film I have done. I think it'll add some interesting... I want to get your opinion on it. I want to do the Joseph Gorbett-Levitt redo of Don Juan. Really? Yeah, I think that'd be interesting to do with you. Really? That's going to be interesting. I have not seen this movie. Uh, I have not seen this movie. It's a rom-com? Oh, no. What have you got me signed up for? Don John or Don Juan? Don John. Don John. Don John. So Don John. So Don John. Let me. It's on the screen right now for people who want to see this. Don John is a movie about a New Jersey guy dedicated to his family, friends, and church, develops unrealistic expectations from watching porn, and works to find happiness and intimacy with his potential true love. Um... Well, I I don't. Well, I mean, to be truthful, (laughs) to be truthful, I hate to uh, let everybody down, but I'm not really a porn guy. So my my thoughts on this in the now I haven't watched this yet because I actually I'm 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 interested in watching it now because this might show me a different perspective to it because i i mean i've known people who've who've watched i've known people who've ted tooted a couple too many times in their life yeah that makes sense you can definitely well i mean come on man you could definitely tell you could definitely tell yeah. from people who develop a problem because look man there, there's certain people you just you, okay okay you have a problem you haven't showered in six weeks and and and, and you've yeah. been using a bucket of empty kfc as a bathroom i'm i'm worried Hey, man. Like Aaron with his hentai. Hey! Hentai fuck enthusiast eating popcorn out of tubs, jerking to balloon hentai body pillow titty farmers that lactate protein powder and G Fuel. <laughs> I just think we should look at Don John as a as a cautionary tale for Aaron. Yes, Don John, we are going to review next as a cautionary tale about Aaron Goldstein, our good friend. <laughs> A good photographer and talented, talented photographer, actually. Very good work. He has done very beautiful pictures and other work he's done with Can. He's a very talented young man. I recommend you go check him out at Become a Prime on Twitter and other social media links. But we're doing Don John. And, and then uh, update, and it's Rush Hour. Yeah. After that, we're doing the franchise on Rush Hour. And I can already tell that that's going to be very... Um, People are going to wait on that one. They're going to be very interested in that one because I'm I like Rush Hour. I've watched I watched Rush Hour in the theaters. I bought the DVDs. I, I'm a big fan, and this furthers and two reasons. Uh, uh, I've I'm no stranger to Friday. I'm no stranger to hood movies. I'm no stranger to Def Jam stand up. It's been part of my life. I mm-hmm. I love it. I, I I love everything about it. So, Chris Tucker to me. He is a fucking entity in in what he was able to accomplish. And to see yeah. him in Friday, oh, I'm sorry, not Friday, to see him in rush hour at that age, you know, that, that that's that's pretty that's pretty incredible because you go, come on, people, what was he doing before? Money talks. You know? Friday was the biggest hit he'd had. 
Yeah. It's very it's a very interesting career cuz think about it. Talk about the biggest odd couple. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. I have so much knowledge about this. You have no I mean, I'm sure you do too, Cam. And you they're still friends day. to this day. Like like it was Chris Tucker who gave Jackie Chan his Oscar. Like holy crap. That you know, that shows the 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 friendship and the admiration and the respect between the two. Chris Tucker. Exactly. He come in, he come in and sometimes I just say, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Yes." And Chris Tucker, he come in, he hey, how you doing? He leave. And he leave. I turn to my agent, I say, what he say? I do not understand him. And that's how the fucking joke got in the movie. That's, just, that's incredible. There's shit about their real life interactions. Yes. Okay. And like they have a natural friendship that just is great. Okay, we got to stop because we're going to talk about this movie all day. We're going to talk about that franchise all day. But I will... I will say this, Can this was a this uh, Beverly Hills Ninja movie. It was a fun movie. I really got to admit that. I, I do like it. Agreed. Yeah, but Don John, I'm skeptical, but I'm definitely gonna watch it. Now let's. I just want to see your thoughts. I, I absolutely, yeah. and we're definitely gonna cover it. I don't know how long it'll be, but we'll definitely cover it. Um, when do we want to reconvene for this? Let's actually give them a real schedule and let's try to stick to it. Now this is a challenge to me and not so much you. Hmm. Well. I would say we could probably do next week. The only problem I had this week is, like, you know I had to move because of Irma, right? I think I told you that. Yes, yes. So I don't think I told the viewers too much about that. But, yeah, we weren't sure how much damage we'd get during the Irma hurricane. So I had to make the call whether to stay and risk it or leave. So that put me back. So I'm finally back to normal. So, yeah, probably next week for sure. Okay. So, okay, people, keep keep an eye out on Twitter at Everything is Rum and um, at, I believe, Andrew Can Film. Correct. On Twitter. Yep. Keep an eye on those links on that social media shit. We will get let you know when um, the next movie podcast is coming out. We're doing John, uh, Don John, and then we're going to be doing for the standalone, and then we're doing for the next franchise, Rush Hour. This is going to be fucking fun. I, I, I really am looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Cam, for being on. Everybody, go subscribe to the channel. We're working towards, towards 2,000 subscribers right now. I got 1.5. These numbers are fucking shameful, people. I got some fucking lacking-ass numbers. I'm, hey, hey, people, I'm trying, to, you know, I'm, trying, I'm trying to come up a little bit. Help, help your good, totally not a cult leader that's totally not running a super cult that is totally the cult of rum, but it's not a cult. Help your not cult leader out and get some souls, okay? Shang Tsung wants some fucking souls to devour, all right? We are hungry. We are hungry in the pits, all right? All right, everybody. We got this motherfucker. We love you. Peace, peace. Bye, bye, bye. Big kisses. Bye.